Welcome to the Sensual Artistry Podcast, exploring erotic awakenings and liberated love. I'm your host, Luna Agnea, essential arts and intimacy facilitator, relationship coach, tantrika, and artist with a passion for the path of liberation through love. In this podcast, you will receive firsthand stories of sacred erotic awakenings, transformational experiences, and love that goes beyond limits. This podcast is here to inspire, educate, and awaken your own sensual artist, because when you liberate your eros, you liberate your life. So welcome, Sarah. Do you want to introduce yourself to our audience? Uh, hi, um, I'm Sarah. Uh, I'm currently a student uh, in a circus school. I mainly do performances and live shows. Uh, and I used to do some sex work uh, in the caring industry. I did this for about three and a half years. Um, yeah, and had really good experiences with that. And I think it's, yeah, definitely affected me <laughs> to a performance style now. <laughs> Yeah, it is small amount of coming uh, back in the day myself as well, but tended to move more towards live. Um, yeah, so do you want to share with people maybe a story about what it was like for you coming or any really impactful experience with that work for you? Yeah, so one thing uh, I had an idea what coming would be like completely um I tried to sell myself as this like overly sexual rampant you know just can't get enough of sex kind of person um and I started coming and it was a complete fail it was really just not successful it was so much work and it felt so tiring because I was putting on like this persona uh kind of vibe and I I quit very quickly, just as a quit. Um, but I really liked the idea of trying it because I really felt like a comfortable sexual person in myself. It wasn't kind of like uh, I was faking this sort of thing. I felt kind of okay. So I tried it again. Uh, and this time I I chilled more out. I didn't put on this like costume as like over dressed up in a certain way sort of thing. I, I dressed more how I felt comfortable. And the interaction with people were like so much better and just easy flowing. And yeah, there was like this flirty side rather than just like, I'm here to sell you my vagina kind of vibe. Um, and I remember uh, my first kind of private and I'd done some research about privates before and lots of girls that didn't do them, they were scared of them um, and too much pressure. And my first private um, was actually uh, a guy who wanted me to like flex my muscles and like show up my muscles sort of thing and just like try and box with the camera and just like pretend to like have a fight. And I felt so good in this role. I It was so interesting to like, to feel I could just like play. And it's exactly what this person wanted. They just like wanted me to just like enjoy this experience. Obviously, like they liked my body and things, but it was much more about giving this person exactly like what they wanted to kind of experience and letting it be without like the judgment. And 
it was just super fun. Um, I From then onwards, I was just like, oh, I can kind of do this my way. I can obviously, if they asked something I wasn't comfortable with, I may have said no, but because it was this experience, I think from then I was just like, oh, I'm really open to like trying new things um, and stop trying to sell what I think they want, just kind of accept what kind of they want. And from then on, this what persuaded me to carry on. Had I only said it with the first experience, I probably would have just been like, okay, definitely don't want to do this. Um, trying to pretend to be what the mass media market uh, makes you be. And I have to say, I think it mainly really opened me up to like new fetishes and like non-judgment of this. Like so many people like different things. And it made me excited to just like know it and get to know them and just be like, wow, this could actually be really fun. And it was, it really turned into like a fun job for three and a half years. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Like, yeah, sim- similar thing. A lot of people find, I think, in stripping that like you think that what is going to sell and what's going to be really popular is this like bimbo Barbie um, sex object kind of thing. And I mean, there is definitely a market for that type. And mm-hmm. um, often those types can make quite a lot of money. But um, one of the beautiful things that I found from working in the industry was like you're saying, realizing that like, there's really something for everyone. There's people that are really into all kinds of things. And often I found like some of the women that made the most money um, in strip clubs were the ones that were, yeah, like kind of girl next door, but a little bit like fun and freaky. And that actually drew more people and often like long-term customers as well. Like not just a 10 minute lap dance, but someone that would come back time and time again, which I found really cool and was like a really um, beautiful thing to witness to be like, oh, okay. Like we think that people only want this thing and that that's like the most popular and sexy or whatever. But the actual reality is that like there's such a big variety of sexualities and um, types of people that people are into and like, yeah, there's someone really for everyone. And um, that's actually, yeah, a really beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was really nice actually. Uh, Apart from like performing, I obviously watch other performers and yeah, there's like those very popular rooms who might be the stereotype of what you think it's going to sell. Um, but it's kind of what you said. Uh, it might be like quick coming in and out kind of customers, or maybe not customers, just like voyeurs sort of thing. Whereas the rooms that really attracted me, and I actually spent time in those rooms, were like people who felt they were being really themselves, who were really generally just like to give part of themselves there. And there was always an audience for that type of, person I remember being really amazed by this 60 something 65 year old woman sort of thing um who was just a fantastic performer her room was like four and she was just you could just see she was just like I'm fucking doing this and you were loving that energy and so it's not the stereotype that you would imagine at all sort of thing um but it was really it felt really good to just like, wow, you can just be you and be successful in this in your own way without having to live up to that. Yeah. And I think it's this thing of, you know, people having fun and enjoying themselves is always going to be the sexiest thing. And I think, you know, everyone can see that, that like you might be a very attractive, physically appealing, beautiful woman. But if you look bored out of your mind, if you look like you're being forced into doing it and you hate your job, like 
it's not going to be attractive. You might be like, okay, yeah, you're pretty and you're nice to look at, but like, what else more is there? Well, someone that you might not find physically attractive, but they're like having the time of their life. They're enjoying their body. They're like bubbly and happy and having a great time. You're like, yeah, I want to be around that. Like people are just really attracted to that enjoyment and that unique expression. Yeah. And I find that basically this is assumption that it's just like this, like hungry sex men sort of thing. And there is that, but I would say the majority of customers who's not only men, uh, there is all varieties of people on there, uh, are people looking for connection. Mm-hmm. They're really just there because they want to be around somebody else's energy. Yeah, that could be like sexual energy, but not always necessarily. And so like they really are kind of looking for the same, I think like what people really look for in sex sort of thing. It's like a connection, it's just to be seen. And mm-hmm. There's a variety of versions of you, isn't there? Um, yeah. So just present that and not just be the same and see people changing and offering different things. And yeah. 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 It's definitely like the thing that I was really surprised at as well. Like working as a stripper was really seeing in the one on one interactions, just how much, um, yeah, people were really just, yeah, wanting to be seen, wanting to be heard, wanting to have that sense of intimacy um and you know that they might come into the club being like yeah I'm here for tits and ass and I want to see some sexy women but like especially as soon as people are alone they're like oh can you look into my eyes and like oh you're so pretty I hope that you're getting taken care of really well by whichever (laughs) man is lucky enough to be with you and all this stuff and I'm like oh that's so sweet and even on camming I had like yeah, really sweet compliments from the paying people. Like I found uh, the free people. And if I left the chat on when it was um, like everyone, the people that aren't paying as well as the paying people, it was hell. It was a whole bunch of like entitled rude people just like, do something more, do something more. And I was just like, whoa. But then actually the people that were paying were often super respectful, um, super lovely, like, yeah just genuine people um so I don't know how how did you find that with um the paying versus non-paying people I don't know what site you were on but um when I was on my free cams there was like a lot of people just like watching and not paying and yeah so I also like uh did the open room sort of thing um and there is that I would just call it almost like an undertone of just like people just saying things you know like calling your name so like bend over show your ass this is like this but I noticed those kind of vibes kind of went away if there was a good room vibe because the people that usually are not always paying but because I had a lot of like let's say free customers but they're always there and they help support the room sort of thing like there's people like managing other people keeping them in check like they realized there wasn't the room to kind of say this kind of things um and I felt real connection. Like I had a tribe. I had people who were there to see me all the time, even if they couldn't like support me financially sort of thing. They were definitely there. And I knew them. I got to know them intimately. I knew like, uh, I remember there was like this 18-year-old boy who was at university. And it's like sometimes be like, you cannot be here. You have an exam tomorrow. Like <laughs> the team were like, no, tomorrow, like we'll do this again, but like not tonight. And just like in revise. And Sometimes even this, I really love this happening, but sometimes it was really shocking. There's like, they would interact between them and kind of 
sometimes you forget about me. So I'm like, hi, I'm here. I'm naked. I'm performing. And they're like, yes, we know. But just wanted to catch up with Bob. You know, like, it was super nice because I, I imagine that I didn't know. I haven't done the stripping. But in strip club, people are just like probably a little bit further away from each other. They don't want to interact. They're just like focusing on the goal. But this is like online. It's just name. So I think people open up a bit more with each other, especially. And I really love this. It really felt like community. And I think that's this is the main part that kind of kept me in because it felt like a really safe space as well. That was like the really nice thing of just like anything can happen, but because I feel good in this place. You know, I I feel surrounded by people who support me and kind of know me. I was also very myself. Uh, that's a little experience helped me become. It's just like, oh, I can do this my way. And mm. yeah, that yeah. so what did you learn about your sexuality uh, through doing camming? I know you said that you kind of opened up your mind a bit more to different kind of kinks and stuff. Like what what helped kind of evolve in your sexuality from doing this? Well, first I got to experiment a lot. It, after that kind of experience, it was just like, okay, I'm down for trying lots of things. And one of the really basic things is like, I didn't really masturbate. I'd always had like a sexual partner sort of thing. So I'd always kind of like relied on them. And this was the first time I kind of masturbated. Not the first, first time, but like I hadn't really done it before. So it totally opened me up to this world of just like, okay, I had to get really know myself in this experience. I had to get to know what I like. And because it was a safe environment, I also was able to just kind of communicate when things didn't kind of work for me. Um, it felt like a good connection with a partner, you know, that you can communicate things. Um, and within that, like in masturbating, I got to try a lot of things, a lot of sex toys, which I kind of discovered that I wasn't so keen on. I have nothing against them, but I just realized I'm like a more like human touch kind of feeling, whether it's mine or, um, yeah. Awesome grade silicone still doesn't do it for me greatly or vibrations. Um, but like butt stuff, uh, <laughs> this was like a whole discovery through camming and it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, character playing, I developed like these characters that I got really into because it was just like a separate part of me that I just created for this show. And then, I mean, after that, I've definitely brought those characters up again and like sex with partners and things and so like that's a fun playful thing and I think it literally just removed a lot of judgment from a lot of things I remember somebody opening up like their fetish was sexy airplanes and I remember hearing this and I was like what what is sexy airplanes so I had to do research like I, I got to know a lot of new fetishes and it's just basically like usually like cartoons of like sexualized airplanes. And I guess by the time that I seen this, I was just like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I don't know how I, I can perform this sort of thing, but that's really cool. I'm glad you opened this. I didn't even know this world existed. And I feel like I, maybe I have sometimes always made mistakes, but I feel like I've been really like open to anybody's like sexual fetishes and they wanted to try out. Um, I guess there would be like some boundaries, for example, I don't like humiliation thing that feels kind of mean, but I never had to do it in those grounds either. So yeah, I think it just 
I think it liberated me in a way that I kind of wanted with partners before, but I I guess my partners at the time just like weren't mature enough or weren't ready, not experienced enough, neither was I really sort of thing to like go into those things. And so, yeah. And I really felt comfortable with myself in sex, but it was just like the the play box hadn't been opened out of all the possibilities that could happen. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like um, there's like this, yeah, educational aspect as well coming into the camming, especially when I liked how you were saying that like, if things weren't really working, then you would just communicate that because often like a lot of the judgment and shame around the sex industry um, is, you know, people saying like, oh, it's all like, fake and performative and it's giving people like a bad view around what sexuality is and there's definitely elements of that obviously happening there's definitely some performative um aspects especially in porn when it's on film and you know there's tricks yeah. and stuff that people aren't seeing behind the scenes but I like hearing that that you were having this very like authentic experience and kind of like exploring and people are getting to witness that self-exploration happening and like that oh sometimes things don't really work and sometimes you don't actually really like things and um yeah that like you're kind of learning along the way and people witnessing you were probably also learning things yeah for sure I mean I, like we talked about like this background noise of like certain people just like demanding things. Um, I think from that experience in itself, it helped me to interact with those people because a lot of people would just be rude back. And I felt like this just negative energy back and forth sort of thing. So I would, for example, people come into my room and be like, oh, do scat. I instead of being like, ew, I'd just be like, sorry, I don't do that. You know, it's like, no, there's no need to shame it sort of thing. If you're into that, it's totally fine sort of thing. It's like, and it helped me what, it helped me to watch other people specifically for this sort of thing. Cause I saw bad interactions as well as good ones. And so it, it became in like a communication style I just developed in there that was just like, oh, okay, you're into this, like feet. I'd never been into feet. There's so many people into feet sort of thing. And I was just like, I had a feet phobia at the time and it was really interesting to like confront it with camming sort of thing. So in my experience, it was the thing that I charged the most of. I realized I was like, oh, that's just a specific thing that makes me feel a certain way. So that was like the most pricey thing, you know, running around in a butt plug, uh, you know, on roller skates was nothing for me, but like, you want me to show my feet? You're going to have to pay for that. And it was a fun <laughs> experience sort of thing. It was just like, well, I can, start exploring this part of me but like at my own speed as well sort of thing and people did take it really well um but I said my room was like this really great vibe of like community and people knew each other and yeah 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 I think um the boundaries and like learning to deal with like confronting people is one of the biggest lessons that people in the sex industry learn because yeah, like there is a lot of confronting stuff. And like you're saying, if you meet negativity with negativity, then it can just end up like a whole bunch of people like angry and pissed off and it can ruin your experience. Like I know in, in the clubs, cause we had like long shifts, like it's shorter when you're working on webcam and stuff. But you know, if, if you let like someone's shitty comment ruin your night, <laughs> then you just make no money and it was all downhill from there and stuff. So yeah, there was a lot of lessons and like, okay, if someone says a jerky comment, like don't take it personally, 
don't react the way that they're expecting you to react because a lot of them will have this perception they're like oh if you're doing this work you must be like a bitch or a slut or like something like that so they're kind of treating you with this disrespect because that's what they're expecting that you're that kind of projection of a you know gross girl, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. So I found that if I would then meet those kind of comments and objectification and stuff with like, hey, like that's actually, you know, quite offensive. Like I'm trying to, you know, help people enjoy their night here. I'm trying to have a good time with everyone. And I'd appreciate if you would show a bit more respect and uh, maybe, you know, like not talk to the other girls here like that because, you know, that's that's just not nice. And then they would often then apologize to me and we're like, oh, sorry, you know, yeah. I'm being a jerk. And, you know, when you meet them with this kind of like compassion and kindness, uh, but, you know, also like a boundary and being like, hey, I'm not okay with being treated like that and that's not okay, then um, there's often a big learning experience for those kind of people, uh, yeah. which was actually kind of beautiful to witness. Yeah, I completely agree. I remember... So there's the audience that we could call in the background noise that uh, some of them are trolls. They're just there to get a reaction out of people. And you get a lot of them coming and commenting and just saying things just to like really, I don't know, to just get some kind of reaction, you know, like an anger, annoyance sort of thing. And I think through this experience, I developed like a good sense of humor and I was okay with trolls. But the result I got back is I got people from free accounts making actual accounts and staying with me. I got people who reflected on why they do this sort of thing. And I remember I made one really good friend who literally was just like going to people's room and put like weird gifts just to get a kind of reaction. And they weren't really rude, but they were definitely there to get reactions. And then coming to my room and eventually just staying in my room and just chilling and just talking and we still have a friendship now like you know like five years after uh me not doing this I still have contact with this person and like they go to therapy and it's fucking great or talk about it and it feels really good that yeah if you meet this energy with like good energy rather than just like you know being rude back that they actually get something out of this as well yeah. And I think this is like a, a joke that we often say in the adult industry is, you know, that we're like unlicensed therapists and, you know, that we're often, um, oh you know, God. working with, with this, this kind of stuff. And it, it is interesting because, yeah, like, you know, it's definitely not the case for like all women in the industry. And there are a lot of chicks that are just like taking heaps of drugs and out of it and not doing anything consciously at all. But like, I just talked to so many people doing this work, men and women that are like really helping educate people about consent, educate people about how to like touch a woman, how to be with a woman, like how to um, connect, how to self-pleasure, you know, how to like show respect and interact. Like a lot of my friends that are escorts as well will say a lot of people that they're working with are like neurodivergent and they just don't know how to be in an intimate relationship so a lot of their work is actually kind of educating people around that and yeah. I think yeah it's interesting to hear there's even a space for that in the cam girling because like I, I did such a short amount of time working with cam um, camming and I felt like I couldn't have that interaction as well um, through mm-hmm. the computer screen but I didn't really give it a, as long a time I, I just kind of like was like well oh, there's so many trolls and people I yeah. know are finding me on here and I'm just like okay I'm, I'm out I'm going to stick to live but it's cool to hear that even through uh, webcamming that you're having those kind of interactions as well yeah yeah no it's I mean it takes some time and 
it it can be also like a rough world like because of what we said there's people out there just i guess they're just like hurting people so they're just out there to get out of their emotions through somebody else sort of thing and it is tough um so i've always suggested because i've talked to many people who are interested now i'll be like okay just make sure you feel good in yourself within this this was a really good experience for me but i've also seen it like hurt some other people sort of thing if it just touches you in that vulnerable spot um so i was really glad that i was able to like uh unintentionally in a kind of way but like a really good room vibe sort of thing where people were actually interested um it reminds me of another customer of mine um it was like this 70 year old guy who just uh discovered cross-dressing and they were really excited about it but they were really really scared to just show it to the world and so it was like but I'm the stereotypical of like this old guy you know that's just like creepy and like I just joined fat life and it's interesting but I'm scared to really show myself sort of thing and through that they I like talking to um him he was showing me his outfits I'm like oh that's great I'm so glad that you bought this like so how does it make you feel I just like like you said it's like this therapy session and they would just cried to me and just like, okay, I went to a event tonight and like, okay, I didn't interact with anyone, but it felt good to like be there sort of thing. And just like, yeah, and we would talk about like this stereotype of like the older creepy man and like what creepy really meant sort of thing and like how thing. And it, I I felt really like love for this person, you know, just like, wow, this, they've had this for so long and as a society they had to hide it. So it's really cool that they they were able to even open up with me sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I think this um, this fear of being the creepy guy is such a big thing that people aren't talking about um, very frequently where, you know, same always like the comment you guys like, oh, I'm not like these other creepy guys here. I'm different. And I'm like, like 99% of the people here are like awesome, lovely humans. Like it's actually very rare where you get the people that have this like, leaky kind of aggressive like icky energy that you would consider creepy um that just like don't respect boundaries and stuff but it's actually like it's such a tiny amount but there's so much fear in men about being that guy which is understandable because like obviously you know no one wants to uh, relate with the creepy guy but yeah it's like uh it stops so many men from being able to express their sexuality and express their desires because they're so like paralyzed by this fear of being creepy yeah, I think like a lot of it is just like you said specifically, it's just boundaries. Like just mm. for it, like try politely sort of thing, encourage to happen whatever you want to happen, but accept to no. It's really yeah. to me that simple sort of thing. Some people will be really up for what you're wanting, but some other people will not, and that's okay. That just yeah, yeah. So I think there's like a lot of um stuff to learn around attunement and like nonverbal communication and stuff that people just aren't educated in. And a lot of people, like if their parents weren't very good at connecting with them, then it kind of results in that. But yeah, I think that's the the, the missing piece for a lot of people is yeah, learning yeah. like how to take a no, how to like ask how to communicate that well, how to read like nonverbal signs that someone's not interested. And unfortunately yeah. a lot of people are like saying- lacking those basic skills. Yeah, I would say the same for like the other side, the person that's accepting it. It's like what we said, like what kind of energy you give back sort of thing. You know, yeah. if somebody just like tries to hit on you and you're like, eh, no, sort of thing, like that's just going to reinforce the like negative yeah. point sort of thing. And then you're like, oh, sorry, I'm just not interested. Um, it changes a lot sort of thing. And I think it also 
changes your experience because I think if I say to myself kind of like oh no that's creepy that's weird that's gross sort of thing I really like intensify that feeling rather than like oh this person was trying to communicate this I didn't want it and me saying no is actually like a really good thing for myself it kind of turns the ball on on the side you know to view a different thing and not necessarily a negative interaction but just an interaction you didn't want yeah. And that's the thing, like the more that we create shame and the more that we project shame onto someone for their expression, then the more there is like repression and, you know, that's what gives birth to kind of negative perversions and all this kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, good that you mentioned that. Um, so yeah, just to finish off, like, do you have any yeah advice or guidance or something for people that maybe are interested in getting into doing this kind of work or maybe people that are interested in consuming this kind of work as well like people that might want to visit a campsite or something yeah um I would say definitely if you want to get into sort of thing I think it's really kind of maybe important to like do work with yourself that you feel in a safe place to just say your boundaries is you don't have to do anything or be anything that you don't want to be um but yeah just know that you have those boundaries that you can kind of communicate because it is tough you do you know have to swim through some shit to get to like the good place that I got sort of thing like you said your first experience and have a faith in people I like you said it's one percent like this was it's a very small percentage of people who are really out there to kind of to hurt you sometimes it can seem like it's a lot sort of thing um but most people just yeah most of the customers I just felt they were just like lonely people divorcees like young nerdy people that felt uncool to kind of have these kind of sexual experiences like older people who were on a creep or people with certain body types who thought they weren't accepted and it can be like a really really fulfilling in the sense of like you can make real connection with people yeah and I'd say it's like you're watching I don't know I think it's maybe a good way of like learning about yourself also like what do you like you know what's actually attracting you um the only thing I would say maybe if you're watching sort of thing is like it's like reality tv or just tv in general you know don't overdo it don't replace real life interactions with this you know I I would say most cam girls have a life outside of this sort of thing they're not just there and Sometimes the connection can get so strong that you just like zoom in on this. Um, and I think it's really important, whatever you get from there. Uh, I think there's no shame in watching anybody in porn or in real life or by a webcam or anything. Just take it elsewhere because like it's just an experience sort of thing. But I don't think it can replace like real human experiences. Um, mm. Yeah, just like not zoom in because I think sometimes if the other things aren't quite working in your life and you find this thing that's working it's really easy to just attach to this and just mm. keep it in. and I like yeah no it was a great experience for me I am I wouldn't say I'm glad it ended but like I'm glad it processed you know yeah. I got through sort of thing and I could have carried on doing it I didn't um but I'm glad like I had stories down it it made me be much more open and more comfortable just generally sharing things in my everyday environment yeah beautiful well thank you so much for sharing your story and the wisdom that you've learned from your years in the industry um yeah is there any final thing you want to share 
Uh, no, um, just this has been really cool, and uh, it's very cool to see how you've grown. I really enjoyed watching your journey. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it and found it inspiring. You can connect with me on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and through my website, sensualartistry.com and sensualarts.school, where you can get some freebies and sign up to my mailing list to stay in touch. Hope to see you again soon.